Hello, my name is Emily Hines, and I attend Houston City Council meetings and take notes, and then I share them with you. Today's notes are from the council meeting on July 27th, 2022. First up, I'll go over the mayor's report. This is usually right at the top of the meeting, and Mayor Turner goes over upcoming events, newsworthy mentionables, and stuff like that. So today, first Mayor Turner presented Houston Airport's director, Mario Diaz, with a Houston Airport Day proclamation. There was much talk about Hobby's five-star rating from Skytrax, the International Air Transport Rating Organization. Hobby is the only airport in North America to receive the distinction, and one of only 11 in the entire world. Props to Hobby. Mr. Diaz introduced airport staff that came with him to the council chamber, and he was really acting like a proud dad, which was very cute. Everyone praised the airport custodial staff and said the distinction really belongs to them. Next, the mayor addressed speakers who gave testimony at the public comment session yesterday on the deplorable conditions at Timber Ridge Apartments. He said the legal department, Houston Public Works, and Solid Waste are going out to inspect it today at 10 a.m. They're also revamping the housing habitability team to include a strike force team that can be deployed ASAP for situations like these. The gun buyback event is this Saturday, July 30th from 8 to 12 at Wheeler Avenue Baptist Church. See my notes on June 16th for all details on that. The city received 5,000 monkeypox vaccines, which they shared with the county and a few other health partners like Legacy. The vaccine is two shots taken one month apart, and as of Monday, there were 47 confirmed monkeypox cases in Houston. Mayor Turner said we have to learn from COVID-19 and not wait until the fire is out of control to take action. Councilmember came and asked for guidance on who qualifies for the monkeypox vaccine. Turner said they're focusing on people who have been exposed to confirmed cases and people who were in the same venue as a confirmed case. Cayman asked about immunocompromised people, and Turner said they have not received clearance from the CDC to open up vaccines to that group. Mayor Turner addressed the Federal Department of Justice's investigation into the city's alleged discrimination over illegal dumping in communities of color. The DOJ is investigating if the city responds to 311 calls differently in black and Latino neighborhoods. Turner agreed that illegal dumping is a problem and that most illegal dumping happens in under-resourced communities of color, but he is aghast at the DOJ's accusation, which he called baseless and absurd. He outlined the ways he combats inequity in under-resourced communities under the Complete Communities Initiative, which includes actions taken to reduce illegal dumping. He ridiculed the DOJ investigation and said their resources would be better spent collaborating with the city on their fight with Union Pacific over the Fifth Ward Cancer Cluster or the GLO Harvey funding snub. Turner said the city will pull from the fund balance to install more cameras at dump sites and is seeking vendors to help collect heavy trash and waste. HPD will beef up enforcement and Turner said that the city can help with HPD's environmental teams, which I have never heard of before today, and I have no idea what that entails. Councilmember Huffman questioned Attorney General Merrick Garland's priorities and praised the council vote last year to double fines for illegal dumping. Councilmember Plummer appreciates the mayor taking action at Timber Ridge Apartments, but then pivoted to say that without addressing root causes of illegal dumping, the issue will never be solved. She wasn't super clear about what those root causes are, but she stressed the importance of keeping our spaces clean from the get-go rather than focusing on reactive strategies. Turner complained about conditions when he came into office, like the deficit and the pension crisis, and said it is only recently the administration has had funds to address other issues. 
which is thanks in great part to federal COVID-19 funding, which is all temporary as well. Then some discussion ensued. Councilmember Evan Chavez agreed that the DOJ resources could be better spent fighting the Fifth Ward Cancer Cluster or the Texas GLO. She said we need to look at barriers to using the city dump because not everyone has the documentation needed to access it. And I couldn't agree more. Not only does not everyone have the documentation, not everyone has a car available to drive to the dump. Mayor Turner agreed with Evan Shabazz and reiterated that the city will give HBD Chief Finner whatever he wants to add more cameras and beef up enforcement. He also asked citizens to rat each other out. I only agree with this if the person dumping is a developer or corporate entity or even a city employee. Otherwise, please leave your neighbors alone. Councilmember Jackson said she always welcomes third-party investigations and reminded everyone it's not just individuals doing the dumping, it's also businesses who may not even be located in the districts they're dumping. She agreed we need to remove barriers to depositories, and she wants a system to help business owners get rid of their heavy trash. She advocated for a garbage fee, as do I, which can help fund solid waste and increase the frequency of trash pickup. Councilmember Gallegos said the DOJ accusation is offensive. He said solid waste needs resources, a.k.a. money. I don't know why they don't just say money, but they never do. But he's concerned about pulling from the fund balance because we use it to clean up after major storms. He talked about the broken windows theory and said that blight invites crime. He asked if we could use the fund balance to build more depositories and fund solid waste inspectors. And Mayor Turner said those are good ideas and he'll look into them. Councilmember Kubosh said that judges are often lenient on illegal dumping defendants, and Mayor Turner agreed and pressured judges to not be easy on them, which only encourages repeat offenders. As for me, I was mad about the city increasing fines for illegal dumping last year, and guess what? I have stayed mad about it. I think it is on the government to remove barriers that cause people to dump illegally. It should be easy to access the city dump, and there should be more of them. Heavy waste pickup should be more than once a month. Recycling should be weekly. But even more importantly, we should be fighting very hard to keep people from getting evicted. We have to make sure every person in Houston doesn't just have a habitable place to live, but a pleasant place to live, so they don't need to move constantly. The city should have a garbage fee to make sure the solid waste department has the staff and equipment it needs, so it's a competitive department that people want to work for. And then they can increase curbside pickup. Increasing fines for illegal dumping has not worked. Criminalizing activity caused by governmental neglect is the true crime here. We have to require developers, construction companies, and renovators to provide their own dumpsters and take their waste to the dump. But at the same time, we have to make it easier on regular people, some of whom don't even have a car, to take care of their waste. We can reduce those vacant lots that turn into dump sites by buying them and putting affordable housing there. And then we can make sure there's adequate garbage disposal options for the people that live there, too. When I say I want to reallocate funds away from the police department, this is what I mean. I don't want to spend more money on HPD to beef up enforcement. I want to use that money to take away the reasons the city thinks that enforcement is necessary in the first place. And now it's time to pivot away from me being mad about that to just some regular agenda stuff. Sometimes it's really roller coaster at these meetings, so here we go. Agenda item two approved spending $1.4 million on four street sweepers for Houston airports. It's this kind of spending that helped Hobby get that five-star rating. Agenda item three approved spending $1.1 million on a new hazmat truck for the fire department, and it will be used in the Port of Houston and Ship Channel areas. Agenda item five approved spending 90000 on a gas 
chromatograph system, I'm definitely saying that wrong, for Houston Public Works, um, which analyzes volatile compounds, and it will help the city stay in compliance with the TCEQ. Agenda item six approved a $200,000 grant to the Village Learning Center in District E for work training, education, and case management for 125 individuals with intellectual or developmental disabilities. Councilmembers Martin and Gallegos spoke about the importance of the Village Learning Center and their own personal experiences with persons with developmental disabilities, especially as they age and their familial caregivers pass on. Agenda item seven approved a $250,000 contract extension for uninterrupted power supply or UPS maintenance and support services for the airports. UPS units provide power protection for the most critical Houston airport system technology systems and provide power protection for the heart of operations, including servers, communications, airport communications center, Wi-Fi, phones, computer networks, and parking. So this $250,000 will replace UPS batteries and capacitors at IAH and Hobby. Agenda item eight deals with a proposed electricity rate hike by Entergy, which serves 1,800 customers in the Kingwood area. It hasn't gone into effect yet, but if you live in Kingwood and use Entergy, I recommend looking into it. Agenda item 11 gave an additional $3 million to the Houston Forensic Science Center as part of the One Safe Houston program. Agenda items 12 and 13 approve HPD to apply for two grants from TxDOT. HPD says they use these funds for overtime to reduce traffic-related crimes and crashes. Agenda items 16 and 17 approved an agreement between the city and TxDOT for a project reconstructing parts of Shepherd and Durham drives at different cross streets in the Heights. It includes drainage improvements, bike facilities, and pedestrian infrastructure. Councilmember Kamen said the project includes a $40 million grant from TxDOT via HGAC, and the fact that we were able to get this means it could be replicable for other parts of the city. Councilmember Robinson praised this as an example of a good collaboration with TxDOT, an entity he admits we don't always see eye to eye with. Mayor Turner congratulated Kamen and said it's a big deal. And finally, here are some councilmember pop-offs. Similar to the mayor's report, councilmembers use this time to plug non-agenda business, usually district-specific. Councilmember Jackson spoke about her brother, who passed away recently, and shared details about his upcoming service. Councilmember Kamen spotlighted two Houston Chronicle articles, one about potholes in Houston because District C neighborhoods were the top four of ten, and one about an Oak Forest neighborhood that successfully removed racist language from their deed restrictions. Councilmember Evan Shabazz has donated 10 noise meters to the Southeast Management District. She plugged the gun buyback event this Sunday, a McGregor Park cleanup on August 6, and the new suicide hotline number 988. Councilmember Cisneros congratulated the Human Resources Department on the launch of the parental prenatal paid leave portal. And she plugged the August 12th deadline for feedback to TxDOT on the I-10 elevation project. You can visit TxDOT.gov for more information about that. Councilmember Knox complained about the gun buyback event. He says it is a feel-good event that will not prevent crime, but he does admit it's a good way to get rid of guns you don't want. Councilmember Martin said that drought causes water main damage, so if you notice your water bill is higher than usual and suspect you might have a burst pipe, please report it to 311 because then an investigation will be triggered. Councilmember Castex Tatum plugged a deed restriction roundtable talk on July 30th, a metro job fair on August 9th, and she said you don't need a commercial driver's license for many metro positions, so don't let that deter you. 
Councilmember Robinson plugged the Tex.I-10 elevation meeting at Tex.Houston HQ on July 28th and a bike ride in Gulfton on Saturday to collect air quality data put on by Air Alliance Houston, Link Houston, and more. Councilmember Kubosh disagrees with the DOJ accusations that Houston is discriminating against communities of color and said, quote, I wish I had a big forklift and I could pick it all up, end quote. Councilmember Alcorn suggested that a new bark shelter go in the next bond election, as well as some solid waste depositories. And that's it. That was the meeting. I really recommend reading about the DOJ investigation into illegal dumping. And if you get fired up about it, too, let your council members know how you think the problem should be solved. The city website has a tool to easily find your council member by zip code, and then it will give you their email and phone numbers. I want to thank all of our Patreon supporters. We have one new supporter to thank, whose name is Greg. And if you're listening to this and want to support and you don't already and you think you have an extra dollar or three per month to spare, the Patreon is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes. And if you're able, we really appreciate it. You can find resources for this episode like where to watch city council meetings and how to find your city council member in the show notes. Please bother your council members about things. They work for us. This week's episode has music from Joe Wozni. It was recorded and produced by Connor Clifton. All right, everyone. I'm Emily Hines, and I thank you for listening.